Welcome to episode four of the 5050 podcast. Welcome to 5050, a music podcast presented by CinemaSins. Thanks for joining us. Excited to be here. I am Mike Hester, and I am joined, as always, by Barry Chair. Yes, you are. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here, and, and I'm ready. I'm rip-roaring. I'm bulging. <laughs> I'm <laughs> oh, ready my. to go. Yes. All right. So we're going to start over. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we are here. We're excited. We got some topics for you, so let's go ahead and jump right on into the first one. So recently, Kanye put out... His latest album. Yes, he did. Jesus is King. Mm-hmm. And I think we both have a lot of thoughts on this. Uh, we both have listened to the album and uh, kind of dissected it a bit. And who, who do you want to go first? Who, who do you, Because I feel we probably, I have some pretty strong opinions on this. I'm guessing you do too. I'll, this album brings out strong opinions. Yeah, like it really does. Over. I mean, I guess we can say just kind of leading up to this album, what was what was the one that he did before this? Was it was it Jesus or was it Yay? It was Yay. Yay was yeah. the one that Jesus was released. Was good. Yay was just sort of flat. I thought Pablo Life and Times of Pablo was like last year, right? Two thousand eighteen. I thought it was like two or three years ago. Maybe it was. Let and me, that was really good and long and well done and just all the Pablo was really well done, right? Yeah, it and was. Jesus and it was, was really good. Full on. Kanye album, just kind of like what we had expected, where he puts a lot of time and effort into it. It's a full length, uh, you know. Going back, he's that's what he'd been doing for years. Yeah. And then suddenly, he like drops Yay, and it's kind of short. And he does some of these other albums, yeah, and, yeah. and stuff that just didn't really have much of an impact at all. And uh, and he comes out with this, and I was really, really worried it was just going to be terrible, or is this going to be like a gospel, you know? choir album or something and, and it's and, both and it's both yeah <laughs> i think it's terrible and it's a gospel mm. choir album <laughs> I, I don't agree we're gonna disagree the first thing i saw is that it's only 26 minutes yeah, yeah. It's only 26 minutes and that you know you look at the other links of his other albums and they're like a normal link you know 45 minutes are much much longer mm-hmm. and this was a, a whole different thing but i i don't think it's terrible all right. It could be better. Okay. You you're you're right. You're objectively correct. Mm-hmm. I hated this album. Why is that? I hate it. Now there's one good song on it. First of all, everything is God or Jesus. Jesus is God. God is yeah. Jesus. Blah blah blah. All that stuff. Uh, the 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 third track, "Follow God," is is actually I think really really good. I love it's, that it's song. It's very Kanye y. Uh-huh. You know what yes. I mean? It's got that, a good flow. Got a good got a great beat behind it and everything. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's special. He has that. I like that a lot. The On God is another one uh, that comes a couple tracks later. I think yes. it also has the same thing. It has the beat. It has the rapping. It it has the real Kanye. Mm-hmm. Um, and all right, I want to give credit where credit is due. Do you, do you know the Dissect podcast? No. Um, I don't think I've mentioned it on this podcast before, but they will like go into long in-depth conversations about albums, individual tracks. They did my dark twisted Fam- fantasy to be- to pimp a butterfly, et cetera. Ooh. And they just put out a two hours on this album. Oh yeah. Yeah. To this two hour talk. And they talked to like a committed Christian who did this, you know, who kind of knows 
this world. And I don't want to steal what they're saying, but he is, goes into a lot of depth within Christianity, which is interesting. But the thing that really, really stood out to me is almost an album in two parts. Okay. Because the first part of the album is, you know, him like arguing with his dad mm-hmm. and, you know, on God and saying, I'm doing all this and I'm making all this money or whatever. That's all on God. And then the second half of the album, he has like the water, you know, the water song. He mm-hmm. has like where he comes and he gets calmer and he goes to like be more with Jesus and even bringing in Kenny G and stuff. <laughs> yeah. The Kenny and, G, I like the Kenny G solo. Yeah, yeah. The Kenny G solo is good. But I like the early stuff where he was not so like cleansed in Jesus, where it's he, you know, on God, he's arguing with his dad or whatever. That feels mm-hmm. more real to life than me. And then the rest of it, the second half, I, it doesn't do as much. Well, it's, it's it, as is the case in a lot of these praise uh, albums and especially when it comes to what is it, the prosperity gospel and stuff mm-hmm. like that. There's a lot of, I got a bunch of money. Uh, I raised my ticket prices, blah, 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 blah. I'm not yeah, going to let yeah. my family starve, all that stuff. Yeah, It's, just, it's the prosperity it's gospel. Trap. And he's, he's also attributing it to his divine awakening and things like that. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to be very clear. If you're down with that, that philosophy, with that religion, with that sort of ethos, good for you, man. Like, fucking get in there and praise and worship and all that stuff. I, you know, you and I were raised very similarly to where, you know, we had a lot of uh, religiosity and things like that mm-hmm. in our upbringing. And so I understand it. I, there are times, especially even in that first track on this album, where I got chills from yeah. like the, the backing it's choir beautiful. and stuff like I that. I love a good choir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I'm certainly not arguing with the philosophy of this or the enthusiasm with which Kanye is saying, you know, God is my king, Jesus is my king, I'm going to worship until I can worship no more, that kind of thing. Uh, that's that's his jam for now, whatever. That's his jam. Go ahead and, and, and jam mm-hmm. like that. Uh, it's, it's just taken in directions that I think are self-indulgent, which is certainly nothing new for Kanye. No. Uh, and that is is presenting this in a, in a, in a way that seems to favor him extolling the message rather than the message itself. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, in my mind, it's still all about Kanye. Yeah, yeah, But it's always been all about Kanye, and he's put out some incredible albums while doing it. And yes. in that vein is how I defend him. I believe he's – it's always – it's like a braggadacious vulnerability that he's <laughs> yeah. always had. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's yeah. like – Everything is out there. This is all that I am. You go to like 808s and Heartbreaks, mm-hmm. and it's like, this is me, and this is, you know, I, I'm I'm messed up, and I don't, you know. College dropout. College dropout. Yeah, exactly. All that stuff, yeah. I, yeah. Um, and I think that's part of why we love him, and he's always had this religious side to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus Walks was one mm-hmm. of the earlier songs. You go through just about any album, there's going to be mentions of God. In there. <laughs> Matter of fact, he references all that shit in Jesus is King. Yeah, where he's exactly. like, back in 03, I was talking about this in 05. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, I know. All right, man. Uh-huh. I know your catalog. It's cool. <laughs> so it's always been a part of him. And if he wasn't doing this now, it it wouldn't be honest. He is, you know, got young kids and all that. Newly married seems, hopefully, the marriage is going good and all that. Even Kim is like doing like, 
criminal justice reform, which <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I've read, I've heard good things. I don't yeah. know. No, I mean, I, she, she, she is helping in, in certain ways for sure. Yeah. I hope. And so he's had a different state in life. And a lot of people, when they have kids, start going back to church. Mm-hmm. It's just how it is. And so that's where he is. And we are again, getting an honest side of, of Kanye and I do feel there's a lot of that prosperity thing. I think he is really listening to a lot of other people. Mm. He's like dropping Bible verses in here. I don't think Kanye's some Bible scholar. I think that other people- I didn't cross-reference it, by the way. Yeah. I thought about it. I was uh-huh. like, I want to pop this Bible out and uh-huh. see if like John, John 5.18 or whatever it is is actually yeah. what he's saying. So I think he's getting a lot of people who are putting that into his ear. I think in three or four years, this is not done, but I think he's passed it. Yeah, I mean that that typically with with people who are born again or whatever, they have this righteous enthusiasm uh-huh. right after that. And then, you know, this happened with Prince when he became a Jehovah's Witness and all that stuff. He famously refused to play any of his more salacious songs. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and actually I he moderated it over time. Right around 2000 is where he became a Jehovah's Witness. And he released this album, Raven, uh, this uh, this uh, DVD actually, Raven to the Year 2000. Had more stay in the time on there and everything, mm-hmm. and would not utter a curse word. He would pepper like Purple Rain with with little little references to praising Jesus and stuff like yeah. that. And I was like, <laughs> and by the time I saw him in uh, 2004 or so, I think live. Uh, he had he had mitigated that stuff, and he was he was back to being a little funky. He wasn't dirty funk, but he no. was funky Prince. He wasn't mm-hmm. like, hey, praise hey, Jesus, yeah. Prince. So but, yeah, I agree. I think this may moderate over time. Yeah, but it's he doesn't go to things half ass, and so <laughs> now true. he's gonna have a Jesus thing, and he's gonna go into it. And I was afraid there would be it would make the music really bad and really. N- What's the word? Boring. Yeah. Boring. And I've kind of heard the second half of the album, I, I think, is a little boring. But it's still Kanye there. It he's is. still yeah. there. And he's still a genius in my mind. I agree. I agree. And like I said, there are standouts like the, uh, the the what was it? Uh, on. I see what you're saying with, uh, with On God. I, that one seemed just so, like there's really good Kanye rapping. Uh-huh. And then there's. You know, uh, now she's saying that I bruised her esophagus, head of the class, and now she want a swallow ship type yeah. of rap, uh-huh. Kanye, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I saw a lot of that just like kind of wrote elementary rhyming stuff throughout here. There are times, uh, like I said, the follow God song. It's hard to keep these straight because it's all follow God, on God, God is, God yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, uh, But uh, there are times where you see that really excellent Kanye rapping. Um, and uh, But I think overall... Musically, it's it's a little one note for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think rapping wise, it's it's not his best. It all feels hurried because it all feels hurried and boring at the same time to me. Yeah, because like hurried, you said, it's only sure. it's only twenty six minutes, but also like there are stretches in there where you're just like, hmm, yeah, right. yeah, it's saying the same thing over and again. And not yeah. to say that this doesn't happen on great my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, which is. N- Probably my favorite of his albums, like all of them were top tier uh, up until Yeezus, which is 2013. I was way off on that. Um, All of them are top tier. Even on my beautiful Dark Twist of Fantasy, there's a lot of lag time. I was I was just watching the Runaway video uh, recently, a song that I adore. Mm -hmm. That's got this crazy self indulgent like vocoder solo at the end of it yeah, where it's like uh-huh. 
some douchebags. Yeah. Like uh-huh. <laughs> it's like I'm not giving you know, like sit through that. Like this just uh, the rest of the song is fine. But yeah, he's always had that kind of streak in him where he he can't self edit really. No, he can't. And I I feel with this, he's working through some things and trying to become this different person and putting it all out there. Mm-hmm. And not having, maybe not having quite as many ideas. I think a lot of his ideas came from sex or whatever. And so he doesn't have all that. Maybe that's part of the reason why it's a shorter album. But I still like, I feel with him, he brings an honesty. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like that is still there. Yes. And I feel like you, you are still getting to see the ride that this guy is going on. This is where he's at now. It's not where he's always going to be. He's listened to a lot of people. He's going to figure out in his own manic way that some of this works and some of this doesn't work and he's going to come back with something different. You know, I was really worried that we were just done with Kanye being great and Kanye being relevant. And mm-hmm. I I think this album proves that that's not the case. I think it's still there. You overall really like this album, it sounds like. I, I like it. Maybe it's because my expectations were incredibly low. That's uh, true. That's true, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's, I just I know I have a background of going to church and yeah, wrestling yeah. with a lot of this mm-hmm. and not necessarily taking prosperity gospel or whatever and but definitely saying, you know, where where is God and what how does this fit into your life and how can it lead to a better life? And I've seen a lot of people where they come to go to church or whatever and it makes their life better. Sure. Oh yeah. And I can I imagine because he's been pretty open about porn addiction and stuff like that. I imagine some of that is is God's help, you know, or the belief in God or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. is helping him out. And I think that's on here. And I think if you see that honest side of him, give him, give him the benefit of the doubt and know that there's a massive ego that goes, goes with it and there's no way to avoid that with Kanye, Yeah, then you're all right. If you're out there and you think that, like, he's been saved and he's going to I, – I, then I don't know. I, I think – I think there's more to it. He's not going to fit in any, any easy box. Yeah. You connect with this not only musically, but thematically to a certain extent. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Well, there, it, it, it's not a small God in this. It is a big God and trying to wrestle with big ideas. And I, I can understand that. I think a lot of... I kind of... I, I'm going to say it. I think a lot of times people take god or spirituality and they just put it into a little box and that's just where it is and Mm. that's where it stays and that's where it is in their life and i don't think kanye is able to to do that he's Mm. taking this idea putting his own funk on it (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna put my funk on god (laughs) and it's it's gonna come out something interesting even if if you're trying to say that Kanye is like coming to believe in what you believe, no, no, that's not. That's I think true. a lot of people out there are thinking that. No, that's not what he is. He's on a journey, and he's going to lay it out on the, all, all out on the line. And I like that. Yeah, I mean, you you have always been a defender. Uh, it seems like of his stuff, and I, I've been on on your side on this quite a bit. At what point I wonder did people stop listening to him because? He's always had this, even in his heyday, there, he did a VH1 Storytellers, which I loved, in 2010, right after 808s and Heartbreak came mm-hmm. out. Uh, and it was genius. The, the, the look of it, did, did you ever see it? No. Uh, the look of it, the, 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 the songs that he was doing, of course, I, I love 808s and Heartbreak. And I like do Heartless and all that stuff. 
Um, it, it, it was just a really well done show. But in the middle of the the set, and they they showed this whole thing, uh, he kept the percussion going, and he just went off on this rant. This rant that mean, meant nothing. It was just you know, word salad, basically. Uh-huh. And at the end of it, God bless him. I mean, he, he took ownership. He was like, that didn't really come out the way that I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm wondering, you know, at what point uh, do people just, like, he's kind of, I know he's moved thematically into a different direction, but he's kind of, what what people may refer to as the crazy guy on the corner or something like that. I don't mean that as pejorative as it sounds. Like, you're just not listening to him, you know. At at some point, because he's putting out albums that are not as good as My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy or or uh, 808s and Heartbreak or stuff like that, do people just like tune him out and just say, yeah? Because I don't I don't think it sounds like a lot of people are not connecting with it the way that you are. Does that yeah. make sense? I think a lot of the Christian community is really excited. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I actually I've didn't even think about that a bit, and um, yeah, and people who also you to believe that he believes that I leave now, which which I'm trying to say exactly. No, I don't think that's the case, but I do think there is an excitement, and a lot of people, God is an important part of their life in mm-hmm. somehow or another. That is still a very very common thing, and I think they'll connect with Kanye on that, which is the one thing that makes me a little cynical saying you know is he just doing this to get a bigger audience mm, but be. i but i don't think so i don't think so it is funny that he calls christians out like in uh one of yeah, those letters. is it on god it may be on god actually yeah he's like, there he's saying the first people are going to cri- criticize yeah. me are other christians yeah, right? yeah 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 i think and, and that's, and that's and true that was one of the ones that actually stood out to me i was like wow you know man he's like he is considering you know the world in which he's stepping yeah uh so there are there are some highlights and i you know i've listened to it just a couple of times so maybe this album will grow on me it's not something that i'm going to go back to over and over again like i have his previous albums uh i mean the guy had a stellar record college dropout was first right I've got it right here. I always get those College early dropout ones was, mixed up. And then late registration came yeah. the next year. Uh-huh. So, and that had so many. Through the Wire was the first one. Yeah. And then you had Jesus Walks, and you had uh, well, all the stuff off of late registration. And actually, graduation came in 2007. So there was this mass yeah, of hits. one after another. From another those first three. Incredible hits. And those were more traditional hip-hop. Like they, yeah. the, What he's never had a problem with is production. Like, no. he can come up with the as the kids say the sick beats yeah the sick beats and like you know the production itself and the instrumentation has just always been spectacular and actually that's probably like the standout of this album the jesus king is the background stuff uh but then he went in a completely different different uh direction with 808s and heartbreak yeah uh which was 2008 2009 2008 and then my beautiful dark twist of fantasy in 2010. And Eight Ways and Heartbreaks was a risk. Oh, it totally. was a real opening up, and that like I said earlier, that vulnerability, and it gave me like a big connection to him and the music, and led me to trust him some. He mm-hmm. didn't have to do that. He mm-hmm. could have just kept going off and and doing big hits or you know some of the more bombastic, awesome songs that he did or did earlier on. But he came with this whole different sound, different mm-hmm. style, and. It kind of made me think when when he goes all these different directions when he, uh, you know, when he hosts the Pornhub Awards or something. It's like <laughs> like you're just you have a ton of opportunities. You got a ton of ideas. You're taking them. You're going with them, and where it's leading is says something 
not only about him, but I think about about human nature. It because you got sex, you got God. It's all mixed up in there. You want to bring God into the bedroom? Yeah, that's from forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> Jack McBrayer is like, well, you know, I, I he's nervous to have sex with his his new bride, yeah. and so he goes to Russell Brand's character. Who's like this Lothario, right? Right. And uh, and he he says, "Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want God to be in the bedroom." He's like, "No, that's okay. Like that's your bag. We want to bring God into the bedroom." <laughs> and then he starts showing him all these sexual positions. Anyway, did he really host the Pornhub Awards? Yeah, like did two <laughs> like two years ago. I don't think I realized that. That's funny. It's he puts it all out there, and I love that about him. I agree, and that is the thing that I, I love about him. I think his his current behavior is just, and and I don't mean this politically or religiously or whatever it is. It just seems a little more unhinged, even for him. Uh, and some of it may be a mental health issue, and definitely don't want to make light of that. No. But um, but you know, again, at what point do we do, do I as a listener start tuning him out? And, and I think I'm kind of getting to that point until he puts out something that. It could be anything. I mean, think about how different Jesus is from college dropout and 808s and yeah, heartbreak and yeah. all that stuff. Uh, I'll follow him pretty much anywhere, uh, except for Yay. <laughs> Yay sucked. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. It's, people have the reaction to this album, which I think has some ideas and some and just diff- interesting pieces. That's what turns them off. Putting out a pretty boring, bland album that you hoped was a grower but wasn't. Mm-hmm. That didn't turn too many people off. They were still excited as can be about this album, and it was still a massive like online social event. You yeah, know? it was. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he because he delayed it for like oh yeah a few days, right? And it then like, like two weeks, it kept, two weeks, and yeah. then even at the day where it's like definitely coming out, and they're like in the the the, the studio like mixing it. Yeah, it's like oh, the in two hours before. it'll come. Uh-huh. <laughs> And it like came out that morning. Normally, the stuff that comes out on a Friday, it's available at midnight. But this is available at like 9 a.m. Yeah, or something. yeah. <laughs> Putting the twisting one more knob. God bless him. Uh, I'm glad you connected with it. Is this something that you're going to go back to uh, several times? I'm going to go back to the early part of the album. Mm. I love the choir. I love On God, Follow God. Even the uh, the uh, uh, closes on Sunday, which is cheesy, very cheesy. There are parts of the rapping that's pretty good, and it seems heartfelt. I'm like, well, I'm glad that he he likes his wife. I like that. Good for him. You know, Does he call her his lemonade or something. Yeah, like lim- that? yeah, exactly. It's it's ridiculous, but yet there's always ridiculous stuff. It's a Kanye yeah. album. There are always yeah. going to be lyrics that land with a thud <laughs> and ideas that like well he kept that in there but what are you gonna yeah, do that, yeah, that's yeah. A, it's always there yeah, yeah it's yeah. always he's always gonna he's always gonna do that and yes. that, that you just have to deal with it yes i agree so next up uh barrett you mentioned in the last podcast you wanted to talk a little bit about bruce springsteen yep. and uh kind of some of your thoughts on him i got the feeling just this feeling that we may have similar thoughts on this so yeah uh, why don't you go ahead and i'll 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 tell you what i think man it always seems like okay since the 70s bruce springsteen has been in the popular consciousness pervasively like even just recently like he did a broadway run he's doing something on netflix i think uh he's constantly touring 
uh he's putting out i mean he's the last album he put out was this year western stars yeah uh which i hadn't heard a whole lot but i've heard some of um yeah, uh, i heard all the singles and immediately forgot them <laughs> <laughs> well they're very they're very springsteen yeah um i have always had a disdain for bruce springsteen yeah. not as a person seems like a very lovely person epic performer like he's certainly he'll play three hour shows he'll power slide all around the stage the guy's what pushing 70 at this point like he's 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 an old motherfucker uh-huh. but uh he gets out there and he jams and uh you know he'll get in the same microphone with stevie van zant and everything and it's just always seemed too uh too much of a like an artifice to me we were talking last yeah. episode about david berman and like how there was no artifice there right. it was very yeah. authentic uh-huh. and that kind of thing bruce springsteen man has always been the guy that that is acting like the other guy like i'm i know he's from the mean streets of asbury park new jersey and all that stuff and he's worked his way up and all that stuff that was also a long goddamn time time ago ago. man Uh and he's been living in the lap of luxury since born to run in 1975 if not before then Mm -hmm. and you know god bless you for for sticking with that and we're connecting with the common man and all that stuff but i can't buy it i can't buy it anymore not that i want him to make songs about being rich and successful and stuff like that it's just it, it always comes down to the affectation of the accent uh-huh me, where he's yeah. always singing with this little like a southern twang type of thing <laughs> uh, you're fucking from new jersey dude <laughs> yeah just sing like your bon jovi doesn't have a fu- well actually he does <laughs> he yeah, does do yeah, that yeah, every yeah, once in a while yeah. billy joel doesn't have an accent like that he just sings like fucking billy joel yeah sing like 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 you you know born to run is actually probably where it started. I mean, he's 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 starting to like get that like um, that that Springsteen that we know. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And uh, the only time that I actually bought it was an interesting thing. It was in uh, the album Nebraska, mm-hmm. and apparently he recorded that in like a period of isolation, like in a hotel room or something like that, on a four track. And he didn't have his backing band. He didn't have the E Street Band. Didn't have all this production around him and everything. He released a song like Atlantic City. Uh, which is a great song, I think. Yeah. Uh, and you kind of felt like, you know, this is Bruce Springsteen in a different environment, and that caused him to be more authentic. The rest of the shit, man, annoys me. He definitely has a public personality, and he has stuck with it for years and years and years, and people adore him. Right? Adore him for it. We talked a lot in the last episode about Weezer mm-hmm. and how, in my opinion, it's just not you know, the critics don't like him. You think of it as, you know, the Buddy Holly song and doing that in Africa and whatever, kind of doing crowd pleasing songs in a way. He is like the other end where like, what do the critics want? They like that. Well, that's what they're going to get for yep. 40 years. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. they love it. They eat it up. He can still do their sellouts and all this mass stuff. And it is a largely artifice. And not to say he hasn't written, he, he's, he's really good at writing songs mm-hmm. and he had some good things and things that, you know, hooks that stick in your head, but is always like just missing something that if it's going to like call to my soul and hit in like a deeply personal place, it just doesn't, it doesn't get there. No, that's know? what, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and what's, what's funny about something like Atlantic city that I was talking about is he's, he's talking about the chicken man, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's one step removed 
from telling this story personally, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and when he does that, Dylan does the same thing where he talks about you know other people as the proxy. Uh, it, it you don't I don't necessarily connect with it in a way that they're telling it from the first person. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know when he does stuff like I'm on fire, and which I think is a great song. Uh, the streets of Philadelphia I think is a great song. Uh, Devils and Dust is a phenomenal song. Yeah. Uh, when he when he has that kind of like more personal perspective, that's where I can connect to it. But it seems like that's not, you know, that's not really what what's what's common in his repertoire. No, no. I, I you almost wish you'd put out a song about being like a famous legendary person That'd who has a ton of money. Fucking rad. <laughs> it would be great because that would be honest because yeah. that's where he's been living since like you know the early eighties <laughs> yeah, or, or yeah. whatever. <laughs> that that's why. More Kanye defending. Uh, <laughs> even when he says, I got to go out and make that money or whatever, yeah. as kind of shitty as that line is, that's where his head's at. And yep. It feels honest. I don't I don't think... Could, could Bruce ever put out the line like, I'm going to go do three nights here because I'm going to make a shit ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> and if he said that, it'd be like, great, okay, good for you. I'm yeah. fine with that. Yeah, but yeah, he yeah. wouldn't say that. He'd be like, no, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to talk about the factories. <laughs> Talking about the factory. Like, fuck you. I know, man. Fuck you. Just, just no. <laughs> <laughs> You're up there because you love being adored by tens of thousands of fans. I think that's my one of my problems. And that's a that's a me problem. It's not a him and problem. We're, we're there on the same page. It's, it's the fact that the adoring fans, and the adoring fans are usually old, the olds, and, and like <laughs> and, and the, the ones that uh, you know, worship this dude and like know every song in his back catalog and stuff like that. I have a similar problem with like U2 fans that are like super into U2 yeah. and all that shit. Uh, same issue with like Jimmy Buffett fans. You know, it's it's just like, you know, when you have this sea of uh, constant and unwavering praise, it's like it, Dylan kind of has this thing too. You know, yeah. where it's like, where it's like, he can do there's no wrong. And it's like, no, you know, there's no criticism. I've listened to mid eighties Dylan shit when he was in his Christian face yeah. and he's done and some wrong shit. <laughs> Just because you, certain, certain people, they, yeah, they say they can't do any wrong. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, they, they can do plenty of wrong. Yeah. They just, but with Bruce, you'd feel like he, he wants to stay in that place in that comfortable zone and he's just going to be there and he's just going to do it for as long as he has. But it. It makes the music not timeless. I yeah. think. I think not to that, us. Not to us. Mm-hmm. And and do you think in fifty years people are going to be talking about you know Bruce Springsteen and all that? I don't feel like it's going to last. Like you know the Beatles or something are going to last. Uh, I I I just don't. I feel like it's going to be like you know when you talk about vaudeville or something. Like vaude- vaudeville was a lot of fun for people a hundred years ago, but you don't. That's, that's an interesting not, question. It, it doesn't really matter to the current people. I, I feel in 50 years that that is going to kind of not be there so much, not be as loved, you know, That's where other music would. Maybe not. I, I mean, think about that a lot. I think, well, what's hilarious about it is Born in the USA is is such an anthem uh, for like sports stadiums and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. that has famously been misappropriated since it was about, you know, the realities of the Vietnam War and stuff yeah. like that. But so I think I think if it does stand the test of time over fifty years, it'll probably be for the wrong reasons. Uh huh. So yeah, they'll play that at events for a long time. 
do you think he really minds that it's been misappropriated? Do you think when the royalty checks comes in, he's like, man, <laughs> I hate that I'm nope, getting this nope, nice big fat certainly check not. still years later because think, people misunderstood my song? Yeah, I think, uh, I think I've seen an interview with him at some point where he had come to, to terms with that, basically. Like, yeah. it just, just is what it is. And yes, I'm still getting the royalty checks coming in uh-huh. too. So I think that probably played a. And a if part you take away the lyrics of the verses, the chorus is. It's very. It sounds very strong pro USA. Exactly. It, it, like it or not, that's the way it sounds. I think you hit on why I have a disdain for him. Is that if you look at quote unquote a true artist, I for whatever reason Tom Waits just popped into my head. You could even throw Bob Dylan in there, Neil Young. You could throw, you know, David Crosby, things like that. I think if their shit had been misappropriated so much, especially if it's an anti-war anthem, mm-hmm. uh, they would have a big ass problem yes, with it, definitely. and they would they would not go along with it, and they would have they would have a constant protest about it. And it seems like even though if he does have personal issues with it being, you know, uh, 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 interpreted wrongly. It seems like he's not doing anything to, no, <laughs> to, to change the narrative. Uh-uh. You know what I mean? He's 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 not, and he doesn't he doesn't really care as much as I think a lot of those other folks would. Yeah, I'm just totally disagreeing with you and repeating what you just said. You yeah. know what's a what's a weird thing about Springsteen though? And I saw this with I saw Willie Nelson live. Did you go to that show in uh, Louisville? It was no. Willie Nelson and Bob Dylan playing at the uh, minor league um, uh, ballpark there. Yeah, I, I, that's one of, one of my regrets. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was really uh, striking to me was how good a guitar Willie Nelson was. Now, this was back yeah. in, geez, what was that? It was 2000, 2001, something like that. Like mm-hmm. uh, uh, Dylan had just released Modern Times, something mm-hmm. like that, uh, which is a double album, really good. Uh, but yeah, so like Willie Nelson is really good at guitar. I was like, it's Willie Nelson. Like you just yeah. see him strumming up there. No, he's really good. Bruce Springsteen is a pretty good guitarist. And I guess yeah. it comes from playing, you know, 50 years and having that Stratocaster all the time. Yeah, I guess he noodle around and become pretty proficient, but you don't think of Springsteen as a guitarist. You know, no, a lot no. of people didn't think about Prince as a guitarist until the later days, but he was a virtuoso. <laughs> yeah. When they realized, oh, this guy's a virtuoso at every instrument. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. <laughs> he's great. Have you heard any of the more recent Willie Nelson? No. He's put out albums in the last three or four years. Yeah. There's a couple of good songs on each one. Yeah. It's like he's a real legitimate artist, and he, I've never felt like the way I do kind of with Bruce yeah. that there's anything really phony about him or He whatever. is No, he is I definitely straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, part of it, maybe uh, Bruce needs to smoke uh, more of the ganch. I'm up for that. Yeah. Let's start a GoFundMe. <laughs> Bruce. Bruce, we raised enough money for a dime bag for you. Uh-huh. Let's go ahead and smoke Let's this. Let's do this. I know you've never smoked marijuana before in your no. life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So I think if, if you could take anything from this podcast, it's fuck Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> There's no there there. He's not. <laughs> something's not right. All right. Well, there's a there's our totally culturally relevant rant about Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> let's go to our next topic. Do it. Um, let's do something a bit more relevant, a bit more today. I'm going to talk. Have you heard of Big Thief? I have heard of Big Thief. I think maybe only because you've mentioned it. Maybe so. Probably so. I think right now, for me, this is the best band going. Band. They are, you know, four piece. 
Uh, Adrian Linker is the lead singer. They put out two albums uh, this year. She mm-hmm. put out a solo album last year. A couple of years ago, they put out Capacity, uh, which is one of my favorite albums of all time. Mm. Yeah. And then the year before that was uh, Masterpiece when mm. they first started. She's from Indiana, mm-hmm. but she's kind of been all over the place. She was raised in like a religious cult. Really? Like a cult cult? Like a cult cult, but it doesn't sound like it's like the craziest of cults. <laughs> right. You know, one of those moderate cults. Yeah, one of the moderate cults. Uh, and, you know, her dad's really big and teaching her music and having her career going. They, like, moved to Minneapolis and 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 had a lot of people teaching her. Her dad wanted her to be a pop star at one point, and that mm. just wasn't going to happen. Um, and then she kind of set out and started doing her own thing, put out a solo album and kind of met met up with with these guys in new york when she was living there and started putting a a a band together and they really hit a lot of different beats from a lot of different genres Hmm. which i find fascinating and really hold together as a band they are one of those bands where you feel like if any member left it wouldn't be the same like 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 zeppelin or something Uh like when Uh john bonham died it just wasn't it wasn't led zeppelin anymore Uh um they are able to do deeply personal, vulnerable songs. I bring up the religious cults part, not because of you know, whatever opinions you may have on that, <laughs> but there seems to be a spiritual side to her hmm. that comes out that you don't always hear. A deep, uh, kind of thought, very thoughtful, very vulnerable part, which goes into a lot of times very quiet, thoughtful, vulnerable music. But also they can kind of they can rock out. They can do some other songs as well. This year they put out two albums, a UFOF and oh, was it Two Hands? I think it was called Two mm-hmm. Hands. Yeah. Uh UFOF was generally a quieter album. It was like recorded, uh, I forget where, I think like Wyoming or something. Hmm. And then they record this other one in like Texas. And it's like hot and it's so it's a bit more stark and grunge or whatever and startling and there's there's a song on there called not which is like a seven minute angst rock song which mm. sounds terrible but it's it's great no it that sounds really awesome. one of one of my favorite songs of the year it has a fucking guitar solo nice. <laughs> in 2019 which is awesome <laughs> um, but there is something about the sounds they're able to find that is reminiscent of other things you may have heard, but adds a real character and depth to this band. And then when you hear her interviewed, it sounds like she she's a deeply thoughtful person. Mm. She's kind you know, I want to say got her shit together. I don't know if that quite defines it. She's spiritual and searching mm. and doesn't really have an agenda with her songs. She's just like, these songs are going to come to me. I'm going to put them out there. And she's able to just like move and meander and and go through life and bring things together and create something interesting you know where when i do that i just end up you know browsing the internet and <laughs> <laughs> looking at stupid shit right she's able to turn that into a brilliant album uh, and then uh her bandmates are just great and able to to form those sounds around her uh, it, it's really i've been reading a lot about her mm-hmm. she's like almost like nomadic oh yeah because you know, from Indiana, Minneapolis, New York, already mentioned they, you know, they they they're in tour for like three years straight. Oh yeah, they're in Europe right now. Because um, I was looking up trying to see if they were ever going to come to town or whatever. Because I would, I really want to go see it. And it, it, it's like she finds a comfort of like being on the road and being in a van or whatever for hours and hours, and able to just like 
focus and write a song or listen to music or, mm. or something. And I feel like that sort of expanded spiritualness comes through on the album and it's very like accepting. Mm. Like her whole, her thing is like, I don't, you know, I'm kind of dealing with personal relationships and not the bullshit of the world so much. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, you know, where I want everybody to be welcome to come and listen to Big Thief and to her solo hmm. uh, album. And I just find it really, really welcoming. And it's deeply rewarding. Like if you hear an album, the best albums are the ones where they're like, the first time you hear it, two songs are like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the next time you hear it, two other songs are like, yeah. And by like the fifth time, like they're like eight songs you love. Yep, yep, yep. And that's what each of their albums are like. So a bit more contemporary than uh, Bruce, maybe. No, this sounds awesome. Like I've been looking for, for that next kind of like great rock and roll type of uh, band. And uh, I'm going to dig into a little Big Thief. I would go on the latest album, uh, Not is the song. It's phenomenal. Uh, UFOF, I think there's one called Jenny, which is more, it's definitely a quieter album. And it that one took three or four listens for me to unwrap. But when I did, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> this is great. What kind of, what band, if you were to compare it to, to a, a, a different band, like what would you compare their sound to? It sounds very unique on its own, but just kind of in general, what would you, what would you kind of liken it to? Oh. Putting me on the spot there. I don't know. You know, really? Well, it, I mean, it, no, it, that's when just something I hear about the band. Them, when I hear them, I know it's big thing. Interesting. And I love that because there's, you know, we're in this age where you know, millions of albums are being put out all the time and you can go and listen to anything you want. And so people very often are going to hear a certain style and sound and make music that kind of sounds a certain way mm -hmm. and very often do a good job of it. Sure. Make something that's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's good. There's something about this group that they are a band and they sound like Big Thief. You can always tell that it's it's them the same way like I I mentioned earlier, I don't know why I keep thinking of Zeppelin, probably because it's one of my favorite bands. Same when you hear Zeppelin, you know, oh yeah, okay, I know exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah, exactly yeah. who that is, and do they sound like anyone else? It's kind of hard to say. Greta Van Fleet? No. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Just don't. <laughs> uh, Teed that one up. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I think that, uh, I think Big Thief, they have their own sound, and I think they're going to be around for a while. Um you know, maybe you have some thoughts and maybe like it's neutral milk hotel or something that comes out with something mm -hmm. brilliant and then goes away. Mm -hmm. Uh, but no, I think, I think this band is going to be a working, working into T for a while and keep putting out relevant, good albums. Nice. Um, nice. I mean, there are bands like that. Like it, even I know your thoughts on vampire weekend, but vampire weekend sounds like vampire weekend. Yes. It doesn't, there's nobody else that, that sounds like that. No. Uh, it's interesting. You were talking about neutral milk hotel. I took a train from Paris to Nice nice. in France. <laughs> nice. Nice. Nice, yes. Uh, uh, about a month ago or so. And I decided I'm going to spend this time looking over the French countryside listening to music rather than talking to my family because, you know. Uh -huh. You see them all the time. I see them all the time. And so I listened to Vampire Weekend, which is a great 
compliment to the scenery and everything. But then just for whatever reason, I, I went back to Airplane Over the Sea. It's such a beautiful record from start to finish. And mm-hmm. it was just nice sitting in a European train, like zooming through the countryside, listening to this. And it hasn't lost a step over no, what's it been now? 21 years at this point. Uh, you know, it, it's it's an absolute masterpiece. It is. And he couldn't. He couldn't stay there, no. Right, which is a a real a real shame. I'd love more like that, but somehow he got to this state where mm-hmm. he was able to put this masterpiece together. I've never heard no, anything like it. Almost. I've no, never, no, never have. I've never heard. You would think it would be. You could replicate the sound of that because it seems like he just like overdid the the drive on some of the the levels and stuff like that where they're peaking and clipping and stuff like that on the vocal tracks and on the the instrument tracks especially uh, at the end of one of the uh, the first songs there uh, where it's like jung, 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 jung. everything yeah. is just this morass but you can hear it perfectly like you can hear every individual part then the you know trumpet comes in and all that stuff and it. I've never heard anybody come. I don't know if they don't want to or anybody that can replicate that sort of sound. Certainly not with his vocal. His vocal is just maniacal. But like that sound is wholly unique, even to them. On Avery Island doesn't sound anything like no. mm-hmm. you're playing over the sea, you know? Mm-hmm. But it takes a certain it getting to a place, like almost like a manic place yeah. with that, that is hard to get to. And when you get there, it's hard to keep your shit together i feel like yeah well i mean listen to two-headed boy where he's like you know he gets to that point where he's like choking with our hands across her face and it's Uh it's just absolutely the top of his register and it it, that'll give you some chills right there man yeah anyway this has been big theme (laughs) (laughs) oh so one last thing if uh my favorite song of theirs a big thief is shark smile from capacity a couple years ago if you're going to start somewhere i think that's the place to start it's say it like again j- shark smile shark smile it is I'm a start great there. single i love that song go listen to it on your internets there you go <laughs> <laughs> i am going to this sounds awesome and it sounds like a breath of fresh air for me awesome great where are we going next barrett uh, let's bring it on home with just a, a casual discussion that uh, you know, very superficial. The artists of the decade. That's it. Yeah. I want to ask you one question before we we just kind of off the top of our head, stream of consciousness. Uh, think about the artists that may define this decade that's coming to a close. Now, I asked you this question actually in 2009. I remember us being at a bar, shocking, uh, and I asked you like, who do you think is is your artist of the decade? And I believe you said of the the aughts. I believe you said Kanye West. I may have. <laughs> I may have. Strange, strangely enough, since we were talking about him before, you could make an argument that he is the artist of this decade. You definitely too. could. That's the place to start. If we're going with the odds, what was Outcast's range? Because well, I mean, so um, a d- date range. Oh, Stankonia, I think was ninety-seven. Uh-huh. I think. Uh, um, uh, the one with uh, bombs over Baghdad. I think that was Stankonia. That was no, no, no. That was 1999 because mm. the bombs over Baghdad was like one nine nine nine. And then uh, Speaker Box to the Love Below, I believe, was 2002. Somehow I thought that was a little bit later. And that I, was their last. That was their last album together. 
yeah, was uh, Speaker Box wow. and Love Below, and that wasn't that even early, really together. Huh? No, it wasn't. That was like two separate <laughs> albums, yeah. and it was brilliant and wonderful, which is why I yes, bring it, it up because I almost feel like Outcast will last. Oh, will Outcast last better than that Kanye? Oh, their peaks. I think so. Their peaks, uh, I, I would say, is arguably higher than anything that that Kanye could produce. Now, Kanye could get up there. But I don't think, you know, something like Bombs Over Baghdad or something like uh, uh, The Way You Move or Hey Ya. I mean, I'm talking about hits, but like, you know, even their back catalog, Miss Jackson. Like, well, you just, go to Stankoni and Aquimini. Yeah, yeah. Just not really hits or anything, yeah, yeah. but you're like just brilliant. Mm-hmm. Just some of the best music that's ever been made in any genre. Um I only bring that up because you're talking about the previous decade. I was thinking about saying them for the aughts, but for the the tens, I mean, yeah, I guess we start with Kanye. That's and maybe that's just because he's been in our mind for the entire decade and is currently because he just put out another album. But um, who else would you think? You got to put Taylor Swift on there, yeah. at least on the list, mm-hmm. because well, she's released. I'm going to go backwards here. You've got. Uh, uh, Lover that just came out this year. Then you've got Reputation that came out, I believe, in 2017. Uh, then before that, 1989, which crushed everything. Uh, and then you had Red and um, and the one in between that too. Uh, that was a Speak Now. Well, Speak Now was early. Anyway, she murdered this decade, both with hits and with genre hopping and stuff like that. I mean, she started the decade as pure country essentially, mm-hmm. uh, and ended the decade as pure pop um, yeah. uh, with a little bit of like, you know, musicality thrown in there. We played that Lover song a couple of uh, episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's got to be up there. My my pick would be Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Uh, I think the three album run from Good Kid, Mad City uh, to Pimp a Butterfly and Damn is one of the greatest three album runs in history and it was all within five six years something like that mm-hmm. that's unfucking believable and the whole start to finish all of those albums i absolutely adore i need to dig into that some more i've heard bits and pieces but i haven't heard because i've always been a kanye fan so i've always listened to the new albums when they come out mm-hmm. and with him i i have not done it so much so and you you hear that opinion, well, maybe not best of the the best of the decade, but you hear the opinion that he is phenomenal all the time. Mm-hmm. So he has my favorite, both my favorite uh, single of the decade, mm-hmm. uh, "Humble." Um, and I th- and I've I've everybody always asks me uh, in the music video sense capacity what my favorite music video of all time is, and I've always yeah. said Aerosmith's "Crying." Oh wow! Yes, because I hate Aerosmith it, with a passion i understand that and a lot of people do there it just from a childhood standpoint probably from an alicia silverstone standpoint uh from just the way that and i like the ballad and stuff like that uh i've just always said that that was my my favorite my favorite music video i think has finally changed to kendrick lamar's humble Uh, Mm. i don't know if you've seen this but it's got so many striking images starts off on an image of him dressed as the pope with this beautiful shot and the iconic shot is the the bouncing of heads uh, where a bunch of black men, bald black men, are bouncing along to the beat all in the frame. 
And then he's the only one that's not doing that and focused and, and has hair and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's absolutely striking. Uh, that's a music video that you should watch for sure. And a song that you should listen to. Yeah. That's off of Damn. What I'm going to do when, because, uh, you know, I try to listen to all the singles from all the latest albums. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of fun, but also it doesn't leave me a ton of room to really go deep into things. But that's about, that's going to end like around Thanksgiving, <laughs> from like Thanksgiving to the beginning of February, there are no new releases oh, yeah. at all. Just like none. That's why all the, the best albums of the year stuff comes out in December. And you're mm. like, but there's another month left. But really, there's not. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, all out. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to dig deep into Lamar because every like end of the decade list you see, he's top five. Yeah, on, on, on any one of, of those three or any all of them. them. <laughs> any of them, yeah, ex- I, exactly. And, and and I think collectively everyone will say that To Pimp a Butterfly is his masterpiece. I yeah. love Damn. I think Damn approaches that masterpiece, but like We Gonna Be All Right and like all these, these tracks on uh, To Pimp a Butterfly are next level. That's like uh, Outcast, Stankonia level. Yeah, I would say even higher than that in my mind. The guy, the guy is so lyrically proficient. You don't hear this a lot in hip hop. You know, you'll hear Kanye do his regular Kanye thing. You'll hear Future do his mumblecore type of uh, thing. You'll hear, um, you know, what's another big hip hop? Uh, you know, it, there's a lot of these like SoundCloud rappers and stuff like that that just come out and either mumble or like half enunciate or whatever. Yeah. Kendrick is hyper enunciative to where like, I like he's, he's using his voice as a percussive instrument. And that's always been my fucking thing. Lyrically, it, it's just, it's just masterful. So I think that's that combination. You so rarely see it. You can hear uh, somebody that's lyrically, that that's technically proficient, like Twista. You remember Twista? There's yeah, a Kanye yeah. collaborator actually. Uh-huh, yeah. That was like super quick. Buster Rhymes has always uh-huh. been super quick. But Buster Rhymes has never had like the lyrical mastery. It's more turns of phrases for him. Uh, Kendrick has like the stuff, the deep stuff that you're into, and uh, is able to articulate it in a way that just is is unique. It's good. I just, it's just weird that I haven't gotten around to, to listening to the the stuff. But but that is mind one of blown. my faults. One of my faults. Yeah. Let me look through some list and try to come up with some. While you're doing fast, it, I'll, I'll give fast. you. I'll throw out some other things. <clears throat> yeah. From the pop perspective, I don't like this any more than you, but you could make a case for Ed Sheeran. Yeah. I don't want to make that case, but you could. No. You could also make a case for Justin Bieber, mm-hmm. who had one of my favorite albums of the decade called Purpose uh, that came out in about 2014, I believe. Yeah. Had all those hits like Sorry and, uh, well, that's really my favorite. Oh, uh, Love Yourself. That was a good song, too. And uh, you can make a very good case for Drake. In fact, you can make a very strong case for Drake. You can make, I, yeah. I think you can make a very strong case, especially with that dominance of the charts that he had last year. Yep. He was number one for ever and ever. And he finally um, started producing stuff that I like, because I've, I've never gotten on the Drake bandwagon. I don't like God's Plan at all. Not like I hate the uh, well, the song. Hates not the not strong. The- <laughs> God sucks. That I don't understand how that song got to be the one. I I think I he put the word God in it, and people really find that might be find that appealing. It, it wasn't God's plan. It was Drake's plan. Yeah. He's going around giving people money. <laughs> yeah, Drake's plan. You know yeah. it. Yeah. 
but i mean i i loved uh nice for what was a great uh single yeah. um i love hotline bling man i unabashedly that, that song's, song's fucking great. rules it's fantastic um i think started from the bottom was in the early parts of this decade too and i know that that song is just kind of like grating on a lot of people i kind of like it i like it those sort of songs grate on me yeah yeah they I do that, probably my least favorite God, I'm gonna mention them in every thing, but I, the least favorite Kanye song is the uh, they it, what ain't nobody tell me nothing song. It's oh, you like, don't like that? It's just oh, like, dude. I love that one. Yeah, I just like okay. This is <laughs> is you saying something? Uh huh. A lot of that has to do, I think, with my love of that song is the uh, video of Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, well, that's Lola. great. That is great. I mean, that is totally a personal thing. I understand why people <laughs> like that. But that just, this song is about bragging and that's it. Yeah, yeah, it I got, yeah. that, that leaves me cold. Yeah. No. I tell you, I tell you, we, we can we can put a pin in this. Mike. Well, I I, I got a, a couple of thoughts here because I'm I'm flipping through some of the artists of the decade and some of the best songs, just kind of going online, mm-hmm. looking for things. First first thing that strikes me is how many different artists put out great songs. Often would come out with like one phenomenal album mm-hmm. and that that's it just picking one at random here there's a band called best coast oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and their first album was just great mm-hmm. just this you know left coast california pop just pure wonderful indie pop and it's brilliant and the songs that are great and uh, they haven't really done too much since um, I, yeah, I haven't heard anything yeah. since that first album there's a lot like MB. My Bloody Valentine came back, put out one brilliant album, and that was, that was pretty much it. That um, album was good. I heard that album was really good. I love it. Yeah. But I just, I love that sound. I love Shoegaze. I just love mm-hmm. Shoegaze all mm-hmm. the way through. So this Slow Dive came back and put out a great album. There's, there's a, a ton like that. So it's harder to do like an indie band without saying like Kurt Vile or something, who I really like Kurt mm-hmm. Vile, but it's not like he's like, this dominant force is just he was kind of there for all 10 years yeah yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> you know yeah. and i i think they're bands that put out really good albums and maybe that's what they got or maybe they just you know the money's not good enough you gotta move on to another phase of life mm-hmm. um the one thing that really strikes me that the big big difference compared to especially the 80s and 90s when sort of the indie scene was really started going was the so many more women yeah, 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 and it is wonderful. You know, obviously, we just talked about Big Thief, um, but just one song, uh, one artist after another, it comes out with great songs, and and I don't exactly know why it is. It's just that's the theme that I see is, and you know, when I'm preparing my radio show every week, it's usually half or more of the songs are by with female vocals mm-hmm. all the time, and it. It's phenomenal. So that has really been the the biggest opening uh, for me. You got an Angel Olsen or someone like that. Uh, well, all is, the all the country slash country singers, Casey Musgraves, of course, yes. and like Brandy Carlisle, and like there's there's been a lot of you know Fiona Apple put out a gorgeous album this decade. Yeah, and of course she only does one a decade, so right. she'll disappear yeah, that, for that, a while. That's it. Um, St. Vincent has had a good decade too. St. Vincent's had a really good decade, and a lot of people just love her. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously Lana Del Rey mm-hmm. and just uh, Beyonce. 
And there are a lot of people Beyonce. who would say it's been Beyonce's decade. Like yeah. the, the decade of Beyonce. I've even heard heard that mention specifically. Sharon Van Etten's one. I love her. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a lot of bands like that. Uh, you know, Soccer Mommy here locally and Snail Mail mm. and all these great female artists putting out phenomenal records. So, oh. we, Have you heard Bully? Uh, 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 yeah. Yeah, from from here, yeah. like a, a, I think it's a three piece girl fronted or woman fronted band. I actually saw them in Chicago and it was really? unbelievable. I bet you they put on a, a fantastic show. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But it's that is what it's all over. I may need to dive in some more because I hadn't really thought about artists of the decade in the underground world. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very different question than what's in the popular world because once you're popular and able to put out a number one hit or number one album. You're going to be around for a while. Right. Yeah. That's an excellent point. It's not always the, the case. Yeah. And and maybe it's a little bit more subjective to, to taste as well when you start getting more underground. So mm-hmm. I like that answer. Yeah. It's a good answer. We'll come back. We'll yeah. come back to that. Yeah. So, yeah I like it. Because I think we have some criticisms about and some thoughts on the, uh, the top hits of the decade. So yes, we do. We can do that next time. Bring us home, baby. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did let us know your thoughts i'm primarily on twitter at the 50 50 podcast yeah uh, you are 50 50 podcast uh, i put out a lot of the albums that i like uh, especially stuff that's coming out that friday and i'm thinking this december i'm going to be doing a lot of uh, songs of the year so cool. listen in and uh, tell me what you like and maybe barrett send me some of your songs of the year i'll post those as All well right. that would be Do fun that. yeah yeah because yeah. It's been another fantastic year of music. I think John Peel used to say that the best year for music is always this year. Yeah, so, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that because it is exciting to always be listening to the new stuff. So thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, subscribing. Appreciate it. And we will see you all next time. <laughs>